Hey, 23 Hours listeners, this is Gains with Gerds. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, this is part two of a two-part series. Part one was with Natalie Higby, the co-founder of the Durable Athlete brand. And in part two, today's episode, we're going to be discussing, we're going to be discussing mobility and movement with the other co-founder of the Durable Athlete brand, Christian Placencia. I am super excited to have him on. You guys have to understand that I don't bring guests on this podcast all the time. And the reason for that is I want to make sure that I'm bringing the highest amount of value to our listeners here. And there's nobody better that I could host than Christian and Natalie and the Durable Athlete brand. They founded this company. They're expanding it into the marketplace with tons of success. And they've helped thousands of clients over the years that I've known them live a more optimal way of life. And that's exactly what you guys are about here. So I can't wait for you guys to hear from Christian. We're going to talk about mobility, movement. And he is going to condense a decade of information into an hour-long interview that I had with him right here on the 23 Hours Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We're going to hit the intro, and then you'll hear Christian and I dicing it up. So the real question is, is how do you, the busy professional, or simply the individual who has a ton on their plate, take care of your physical fitness and long-term health without sacrificing performance in the other 23 hours of your life? Welcome to the 23 Hours Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Gertz. This podcast will discuss different strategies and tactics that you can utilize in life, business, and fitness to accomplish more and sacrifice less. This podcast will also explore how that one hour of exercise a day builds and fosters the successful habits that are necessary to crush the other 23 hours in your life. I'm thankful that you're here listening, and I can't wait for you to get value from the 23 Hours Podcast. All right, 23 Hours Podcast, welcome to part two of episode number 16. I have Christian Placencia with us here today from the Durable Athlete brand. Christian, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, bro. Doing great. Thank you very much for having me here, for hosting. Such a, such a great time. Anytime we can see your beautiful face. You're looking, uh, you're looking buff as ever, looking mobile as ever, durable as ever, actually, mm. we should say. And uh, yeah, I'm super excited to be here, bro. Thank you. Hey, man, happy to have you on. And I'm really, really excited for today because in part one with Natalie Higby, the co-founder of the Durable Athlete brand and your girlfriend, I might add, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. she spoke a lot about nutrition and lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But today, today, Christian, mm -hmm. we get to talk about your passion, the thing that yeah. I've been seeing you absolutely crush for years mobility, durability, if you could put it that way, mm -hmm. and movement. So a little backstory, guys. Christian and I used to work together at a gym called On It. I learned a lot from him there. He was many years ahead of me in regards to mobility, uh, corrective exercise, even soft tissue work. So Christian, I wanted to start today off by asking you, Natalie mentioned you worked in a PT clinic in episode number one in high school. What got you yeah. into this mobility realm? Yeah, definitely. Um, so as a young kid at like the age of 12 or 13, um, I hurt myself playing basketball. You know, basketball, even to this day, is like a very you know, deep passion of mine. Um, and I sprained my ankle, went to a physical therapy clinic. Luckily, you know, my mom knew the owner of the clinic and knew the head PT of the clinic. And so when I went there, 
I don't know. There was just something about like the vibe and like the aura of just the place. And I don't know why at a young age, but my mind was kind of fixed on like, all right, like, you know, what is it that I want to do when I, you know, when I get older, right? I think that's the question we all get, like when we're in elementary school, right? And we answer that and, and maybe have projects on like, who do you want to be and what do you want to be growing up? And so like that question I remember as like a young kid was like a, a pretty like at the forefront of my head. And so going to that clinic, again, it had just like the music I like to listen to. It seemed that people were just like almost playing sports. Like there was, you know, baseball, football players, basketball players, all, you know, every type of sport and just general population. So there was a wide variety of people in the clinic and they were all doing some sort of exercise, right? I didn't know what, you know, uh, the difference between a PT and an athletic trainer and a personal trainer and a strength coach at 12 and 13 years old, right? So I'm just kind of looking at it as almost like a gym. It looks like it's a place where it's a gym where people who might be a little hurt would come into. And so I remember leaving that day and I remember like just voicing that to my mom. I remember just telling her like, you know, like uh, if I ever like had to pick a job or if I just say I want to be something one day, like I think I want to be like working in like a PT clinic. I think that's just like something that I want to do. My mom is like very type A. And again, she knew like the people who ran that PT clinic. And so she, that summer, like signed me up to be an intern. And, you know, an intern at that time is like the towels, right? Like folding the towels, putting them in the freaking washer dryer, like wiping down certain places when they're done. And then, but then maybe what, maybe like my second or third year into it, um, I like started to like observe the PTs and then I would observe the PTAs and then kind of just see like, you know, of course, the language that they're using at that time. I mean, I'm like 14, 15 years old. I don't fully comprehend everything that they're saying, but it starts to make sense. Usually when we would get like our hands dirty with like the PTA, when we start doing certain exercises and then asking like, hey, why are we doing these exercises? Like I thought they had to hurt this. Why aren't we doing something there? And so just kind of like, you know, learning through just experience. Um, Again, at that time, I think I like picked up my first anatomy book, which they just had on, on at the facility there. I maybe read through like half of it, but I remember like even to this day, like I don't think I really remembered anything from that book. I don't know if I really walked away with anything from that book, book other than just like, whoa, like this seems like a lot. And if this is a route I want to go down, like this is asking a lot, you know, it just seemed like a lot of memorization. It just mm-hmm. seemed like, you know, you really had to be on top of what you were doing. And so that is kind of like where I guess like the basis and the foundation of where I'm at today and like what me and Natalie have built today. That's where a lot of, a lot of it really stems from is just having a passion uh, behind like why, I guess, always just kind of asking why and wanting to just understand stuff as much as I could, I guess, from different perspectives. Wow. Yeah, I can hear it too. And I've seen it. I mean, you're always, your head's always in a book. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've been fortunate for those who are listening to know Christian for probably four or five years now. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was around him a lot. Like when you're a trainer at a gym, which you and I both used to be, um, you spend a lot of time at that gym if that's your primary work, right? So, you know, Christian would be there literally guys at like 5.30 a.m. reading a book before he did his mobility routine and then training clients the rest of the day. Uh, working out and him and Natalie were doing that together all the time. We actually filmed some videos together. I don't know if you remember of you and I doing mobility routines together, uh, the meathead plus the mobile guy. And it was pretty, uh, <laughs> the, 
pretty good time, man. <laughs> that's cool to hear, though, that uh, from a young age, yeah. you were introduced to that. Uh, I think that's a cool experience. You mentioned something there that I want to dive into. You said that when you were young at 13, you didn't know that like PT clinics were different than gyms and different than strength mm -hmm. and conditioning. And Natalie on our first episode talked a lot about durable athlete and the four pillars. I want to hear you uh, kind of dive in and explain what durable athlete means to you and maybe talk a little bit about why it was created. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think what it means, you know, I guess, let me start, I guess in reverse, why it was created. And it's funny, we were just talking about this yesterday. Um, so I had a client and his name was uh, Buckley. Um, he still, I know he still lives out here in Austin. You might know him. Yeah. Um, and he was coming into on it consistently, bro, for about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. um, and I, we were working in a private setting. So just on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And it just seemed like regardless if he came in three times or five times a week, it was like he was at the same spot. You know, and not just like physically, right? Physically, yes, like he was in the same spot, but mentally as well, it just kind of seemed like he was in a very similar position than when I first met him. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, bro, like as a personal trainer, you're not just, you're not just working out people, right? Like you're he uh, hearing about their day. Sometimes, you know, they're asking for some advice, you know, maybe you lend a, your two cents and like, it's a very impactful time, right? That you have, especially in a private setting, like on a one-on-one -on -one setting with the client. And so I remember like after Buckley, after about a year and a half, me and Ned just met and she was like, man, it, you know, it's interesting. Like that guy, I've seen him come in with you almost every day and it kind of looks the same. And at first I remember kind of getting a little defensive. I was like, damn, that's fucked up. Like you don't know where he was day one. You don't know what he's at to this point. Yeah. But I mean, she was right though. She was really right. Like spiritually, you know, physically and mentally, like he was in the same spot. And I feel like a lot of that, was coming from because we weren't respecting and we weren't emphasizing enough the holistic approach of being a human being right mm -hmm. so like yeah physical for sure that's one piece of it but like what are you doing when you leave the gym right like those other 23 hours of the day what are you doing right mm -hmm. and realistically if you're not you know maximizing optimizing whatever word we want to use like that those 23 hours that one hour in the gym, it, it is, I'm not going to say it's, it's, it's not fair to say it's not going to do anything for you, but you could be so much more, right? Oh, like yeah. you could be benefiting from it so much more. And obviously you understand that. I know that, you know, that's something that you preach in your, in your own, you know, unique way as well. But like, that was like the big, like, duh. Yeah, you're right. Like, we're always talking about it. We're living it. Like, why aren't we preaching that with our clients? And I think at first it was kind of like, okay how do we package something, right? Like working at a gym, being a salary employee for a gym at that time, how do we package something that like, I don't know, encompasses that? How do we, yeah. you know, other than just texting them and stuff, right? About nutrition, about sleep and about just like their, their stress, how are they mitigating their stress throughout their day and their, throughout their week? Like, how do we do that? And so that is, I think, where the, like the durable athlete really stand from was if we're not respecting everything else in our life other than the fitness, then it doesn't really matter what we're doing in the gym. It's not, we're probably not going to get to where we want to go, right? We're not going to oh, want to yeah. get to our goals. And so I think for me, it's really just being able to look in the mirror. And this is something that I feel like I definitely had to go through personally. And I'm sure Natalie is in the same boat as me, where you look yourself in the mirror and you're like, okay, cool. Like I might have these goals and these things that I want to get to. And I need to kind of make sure that 
you know, it's okay to have aesthetic goals. There's nothing wrong with that. But if that's all I'm shooting for, right, then I really need to make sure my process is going to get me there. But I need to be okay with like the results of that, right? So if I want to have 5% body mass, right, and I want to be the most lean person in the entire world, I know that one, I mean, it takes a certain process, a very strict process to get there. But then two, like, what am I going to be sacrificing by, by trying to get to that goal? And I think that a lot of people, I think the 5%, you know, uh, body mass example is, is pretty extreme. But I think for a lot of people, it's like, hey, I want to be in better shape. I think that's a very general thing to say that a yeah. lot of people would, would agree with. Oh, yeah. And they don't really understand that getting in shape is more than just a six pack, right? What are we doing, you know, throughout our day to ensure that our goals and our process, our daily process are aligning one another? Yeah, man. And I love that too. That's, I mean, obviously that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you and Nat on the 23 hours podcast is because a lot of what you guys preach on social media, which I'll uh, include some links in which everybody can go follow Christian and Natalie, highly encouraged to do that. They're actually, you know, some of the leaders in my opinion, in the entire mobility durability movement right now, you guys own that space in my opinion. Um, and you guys are doing the greatest job sharing that content as well. So I want people to go follow you guys, but the reason I wanted them to follow you, right? The why is you guys embody everything that I preach to my clients and my coaches is like, you have to have a message that's more than just fitness, right? For me, yeah, the other 23 hours are important and that's great. But the thing that's always kept me coming back, which I think consistency is a pillar, right? Like you have to keep showing up in order to have success in anything in order to continue to grow and get better at that thing that you do. The, the, the whole aspect of 23 hours that means a lot to me now is like a business owner and an entrepreneur is like, that is the one hour a day I have to anchor myself in for the other 23 hours, right? Because you and I signed up, you started this brand as well, right? You signed up for a life that's a little bit more challenging than maybe some other routes that people take. That one hour that you spend a day on your physical fitness even if those other 23 hours are super chaotic, that one hour is the time for you to be able to like have you time or flow or get into that state of meditation. And then, you know, it serves as a catalyst for those other 23 hours as well. So people, how do you differentiate between that when like a client comes to you or somebody who touches the durable athlete brand, if they're like, Hey, I, uh, I have a really stressful other 23 hours. What are some of the things that you implement for these people to mitigate? maybe what they're going through. Yeah. Well, I think one of the best things that, that people can, especially if they're willing to make a change in their lifestyle, um, is starting really with sleep, right? And that was something, that, again, that I had to really look in the mirror and, and be honest with myself upon, which was, I think everyone's heard before that eight hours of sleep is optimal, right? Or, and mm. maybe if people haven't, I feel like that is something I heard, you know, at least from high school on, right? And mm -hmm. if you can get, you know, more sleep, the better for you. But I think once I started to really learn, like, the detrimental effects of not getting, like, optimized sleep each night, man, that's not cool. There's so many things that it influences, right? Like, it's not, again, for sure physical, right? When we start talking about being able to, to influence, like, hormones, right, for growth and whatnot. But then you also start looking at what happens to like the brain in terms of just like memory and focus and attention, like it affects everything, right? And so if we had to be picky on one thing, I think one of the first things I would try to ask and, and shoot for 
is what can we do? What does your sleep look like, your sleep schedule look like right now? And what could we do to potentially optimize that? Let's say somebody is getting eight hours of sleep. Let's say they're pretty consistent with their wake and their sleep time. So cool. You know, I would say that the foundation is pretty much laid there. Then I'm going to be asking, okay, like what does like the times that you're eating throughout the day? Like one, are you eating enough? Right. Are you just skipping meals and running off of caffeine? Right. And, and, or like, are you eating good whole foods? Right. Or are you kind of more of a, a fast food person or something that's just quick and easy? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, are you just eating and constantly eating and working at the same time? Are you constantly in a rush, throwing yourself into that stress response all, all day long when it's funny, when you're necessarily not supposed to be when you're eating, right? You're, you want to be a little bit more in that parasympathetic, yeah. the rest and digest mood. So it's, it's funny, like, I think there's a lot of things that we could potentially pick on. But I think just trying to figure out and get a, a good glimpse of, I, I think sleep would be my priority, but then like the rest of the day. So things that you're already doing, but you're already making time, hopefully to eat. Right. And so how could we maybe, man, how could we maybe win a couple minutes before you eat and a couple minutes after you eat? Right. Are you most likely, probably not if they're coming to us, but you know, what are you doing on those times? Are you finding yourself super stressful in between calls? Or maybe when you have a 20 or 30 minute break, like, what are you doing? Are you going on social media or can you maybe lie down or sit down somewhere and do some breathing, right? I think me and Nat are are very aligned and, hey, anytime somebody can, you know, get outside to go for a daily walk and start to use their breath to try to influence what, you know, the state that their mind is in and the response, the stress response that's kind of going on throughout their system, like, that's a very impactful and powerful time. Um, and, and I think that's when people really realize that, like, I don't know, they get a little bit more empowered when they realize that, oh yeah, you know, if I could start to change the way I breathe or become a little bit more mindful in the way that I'm breathing or be a little bit more mindful about taking a 10 minute walk, you know, during my day, right. I didn't you know realize how much of an impact and how much of a positive difference that could make. Um, so yeah, I I guess I kind of just end off a plethora of different things Good. but that's where like where my head would kind of go in terms of just like the initial analysis and like assessment of like what does your day-to-day look like where are maybe pockets of like higher stress times and where do you have pockets of free time where we can maybe fit some things in you know what i mean absolutely man that's uh that's some key insight right there and i know that you and nat obviously have helped like thousands of clients to this day, you know what I mean? Like, and you've been in front of, we haven't even talked about all the athletes that you work with, right? Like mm. you work with professional athletes, you work with uh, youth athletes, you have a basketball academy for God's sake, right? Like mm. you're touching a lot of different niches, niches with mm. this same philosophy and it works no matter who you are. Like everybody has to learn how to mitigate stress. Everybody needs to sleep more. Everybody needs to find habits that serve the other 23 hours of their life, right? Like for me, you mentioned the walk. I got, I don't know if you saw that story, but I got fat, dude. When I started the gym management company, I crawled up to 240. Like when I left on it and started that business with, with those guys, right? Yeah. I gained weight, dude. Like for the first time in my life, like bad weight. You know what I mean? Like I'm a, yeah, I'm yeah. a huge meathead, right? Like a muscle bound guy. And right. I just kept eating like, you know, very high amount of calories. And I kept lifting the weights the same way. And I kind of left everything the same. And I didn't take into account that like my lifestyle had changed. And I was now a full-time business owner, which consisted of like constant meetings, constant phone calls, 
and sitting in traffic and stuff like that. Right. Which as a trainer at a gym, you don't really go through that. You're like around that stuff all day long and you're walking around racking weights. So I gained weight, dude. Like I got fat. I got a picture that I, I shared a few months ago on Instagram and I was 240. And, uh, dude, just by implementing sleep, right. By focusing in on sleep and walking throughout my day, like being intentional about going and getting like a certain step count. I was able to drop like 20 pounds of weight in the matter of a few months. Right. And I, I kind of lost it the wrong way. I cut my calories too fast and I lost some muscle mass too, which kind of ticked me off, but I was able to crawl back up to like 225, look good, feel good. And actually Dr. Vince Krepke, you know, Vince, him and I worked together on that project and now I'm on my way back up to 240, but this time a lot more in a healthy manner, you know? Um, so got you. I just wanted to share that because I feel like, you know, you were preaching that stuff to me years ago. Right. But I didn't need to apply it at that time. Like, because I was in a gym, I was a trainer, but your clients were applying it and having success with it. Um, I I appreciate that. And I love the habits. Natalie and I talked a lot about that, but from you and for our Mm -hmm. listeners, let's Mm -hmm. transition into mobility. Um, Yeah. Mobility is just like this term, right? And you mentioned PT clinic earlier. You mentioned strength and conditioning earlier, and you mentioned maybe I'll add corrective exercise specialists, which are like personal yeah. trainers yeah. that work in a gym to help people improve their movement capabilities. One of the chapters in my Muscle Gain Secrets ebook that I recently wrote, dude, it starts, it, the whole book starts with mobility. What is that to you? Like, I know why it's important for me, because like you can't really get mm-hmm. full mm-hmm adaptation at a joint if you don't have access to certain ranges that's kind of my thing but to you what is mobility and how do you describe it to your people and its importance yeah definitely um that's a great point that you bring up right there's uh, i think a lot of different contexts to be able to perceive more mobility and different ways to explain it for the type of demographic and crowd and person that you're saying it to right so if i'm talking to let's just say the category of an athlete, right? Let's say, you know, even within that category of an athlete, let's say I have an 11 year veteran and then a rookie, right? Like the way I described it, you know, the the impact and the power of mobility and why we want to be doing it is going to be super different even between that same demographic, right? So, but I I think the best way to put it, and I think that this is stays true amongst, you know, regardless of, of what you do. And, you know, if you're a professional athlete or nine to five athlete, right. Cause everybody, you know, that's, I don't know if Natalie had mentioned that to you, that little slogan, but we believe to be like, everybody's an athlete, right. Everybody is expected to mentally and physically perform yeah. on a daily basis, right. Regardless that. of what that looks like, everybody has to perform. If you're on this, you know, path of wanting to be, you know, the best version of yourself every day. Right. Um, and so what I would say though, is just, You know, I think of my 80 year old grandma, right, who is still moving like to this day, walking up and down stairs. It's like her whole life, no one told her about mobility, but she has constantly been moving. And Mm -hmm. she like is a chef. She does stuff outside. So I think just the ability to move your joints and the the consistency of you being able to move your joints Mm -hmm. through the ranges of motion that they were designed to move in is very important into the longevity and the vitality of like your life, right? Mm. Yeah, I, I think that there's, it's not just physical as well. It's like, it's mental, right? It's like, you know, um, our body being uh, what compromised in the sense of how we can move it 
because of pain or because something is stiff or because maybe we've just never done anything and uh, you know we've never done a single leg squat we've never gone to the ground on one single leg so therefore we're like very scary of that like that takes an account to our mental as well yeah right I, I work with clients who one of the first things I ask every single day is just how are you feeling how's your body moving you know how's it felt since the last time we've met and people will like tell themselves like man I just feel like like I'm just scared like I'm just scared I'm gonna fall or I'm scared I'm gonna hurt myself I just kind of feel like sometimes like like I just feel like I'm so stiff and like that story that they tell themselves I mean let's mm. just be honest right with some of those people that tell me that it's true. You know, they're 67 years old. They've never put the time right into wanting to do mobility or even working out in that sense. So it would make sense that if you have not taken care of yourself from a physical standpoint, right, if you're not taking your joints and your muscles through these full ranges of motion, you're going to get to a point where that physical, that lack of physical um, uh, activity, right, and, and comprehension is, is going to start feeding into taking away from your mental capabilities and like where your mental is going. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think that, you know, mo mobility and, and on a completely different light, you know, mobility is very different than just being the most flexible person in the room. Right. I, I think that's a very important thing, especially for people Wait, who are. Maybe, what's the difference then between yeah. you're saying there's a difference between mobility yeah. and flexibility. Is that what you just said? There, there is, there is, okay. there is no uh, dash between flexibility and mobility. There is a plus sign because I think that they are com uh, two completely different things. Mm. Maybe just in the context that, you know, I have been, um, um, I've experienced and what the way I kind of preach it to, you know, my community and the people that I'm able to serve. Okay. Um, I think one of the best ways, and I can kind of explain the difference again in my context, in the context that I experienced it, and the, the first person to tell me in this context was Dr. Andre Ospina, who um, started uh, uh, Functional Range Systems, I believe is what it's called now. Uh, we went to, I believe you went, right, Tyler, you've been to FRC. The yeah, that, range conditioning. Bro, that certification and seminar changed my life, literally. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would, uh, I would 100% second that. And I know Natalie would for sure be in the same boat. It's a great seminar and it's a mobility seminar, very vaguely put. But what it does is it breaks down the difference between flexibility, right? It's just having, you know, a, a freely moved range of motion, right? So can I move? Do I have good flexibility? Am I able to say, you know, I can lock out my arm and take my arm back a specific amount and feel as if I, I can do it freely? And there's nothing maybe tugging, there's nothing that's maybe restricting me, there's nothing that maybe doesn't allow me to move my shoulder in that fashion, right? That is just flexibility. Simply put, just, you know, having the range of motion to move something. And then the mobility aspect has that flexibility aspect in its definition. So it is, in part, mobility is the ability to freely move your body. But now what we want to add, right, is the ability to actually control that. Right. And the, that, that word control, I feel like if we break it down even further is like, do we have that neurological, you know, control and activity in the certain range of motion while moving through it? So it's one thing to just kind of move something, but can we build up the, or do we have the intention to build up activation and actively turn on those fibers that we're looking to move and rotate through? Can we actually turn those on? and ramp up the intensity of that activation from zero to a hundred percent. And then, you know, 
that is, and it might sound maybe to some listeners, maybe if they haven't spent much time with it, it might sound like, whoa, like that kind of sounds like a lot like zero to 100% in, in ramping up activity. But it, it's just like being able to do a body weight squat, right? Can you drop, you know, and, and drop into a bunch of body weight squats without thinking about it? 100%. But can you do like a 15 second squat, like taking 15 seconds to come all the way down to the bottom of your squat and then 15 seconds to come back up? It, that would be kind of like the the difference right there, right? Is oh, yeah. you just drop into something cool, but can you drop into something and turn on every little fiber in your body that is going to assist you in going down and going up with as much control and stability as possible? Man, all right, we could go a million different yeah, directions with this. It was good. Yeah. It was really good. Thank you. And for the listeners right now, I want them to just have this mindset that I'm going to plug you in real quick. It's just about being durable. Like that's ultimately, if you do that and you're intentional with your movement, you're going to be more, you're going to be less prone to injury, right? You're going to be more durable at the end of the day. And I think that's where your whole durability philosophy comes from is like, it takes strength. It takes mobility. It takes flexibility, but it takes a certain equation to accomplish all of these things in the right amount. So what's, what is that equation yeah. for you, dude? Like you, you lift all the time. Like you're not a, you're not scared yeah. to put 500 pounds on your back or lit or deadlift. Yeah. Right? right. I meet so right. many, and I, I explained this to Natalie, like so many practitioners I'll say, like, whether it be like an FRC or like even chiropractors or these different verticals of the health and wellness market mm-hmm. that have differing opinions on strength training and that have differing opinions on range of motion and flexibility you know, to mention yoga for a second, right? What's your, where's your perspective on that? Like if somebody's going to become optimally durable, what do they need to do in each of those facets to accomplish that? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Super good question. Love that question. Um, I think it really starts, man, with like the goal of the individual, right? So what is, what is like your, what is your durable, your durable athlete recipe? I think that's all dependent upon like, where is it that you're trying to get to? So let's just take, let's take like an athlete, for example, and then let's take just like a nine to five uh, employee, right? Like an executive employee or whatever it may be, right? Sure. So I'll, I'll say like with the athlete, like, okay, what is it, what is it that you're asking from your body on a daily basis? And how, like, what does optimal performance look like to you so that you can continue to do what you're doing for you and your family at a high level? Right. We can take that same question and apply it to both people. So it doesn't matter what you do. Right. And so for an athlete, like a basketball guy, let's say, for example, he has to be able to sprint. He's got to be able to stop on a dime. He's got to be able to jump right repetitively, but also jump high, you know, for each individual jump. Um, He's got to be able to have, you know, we can go down the list with all these different things. Right. And so within all that, yes, that are, those are things that he has to do, but then, I like to kind of look at that and take a step back and say, okay, these are all the things that we want to do at glancing with our eyes. These are the things that we want to see, but we have to get things right structurally first. So we got to make sure the internal is working right before we can start to expect those things on the external to look fast and agile and, and all the powerful, all the big words that we want to use. Right. So with an individual like that, we need to be able to start off with a very simple, especially early off season, like, can you move your body, you know, with no weight, irrespective of no weight, can you move through just simple movement patterns? Can you lunge 
the way I would like for you to lunge to where we ask your ankle and your hip to work at a certain level? Can you squat the way we would like for you to squat, you know, again, asking the ankle and the hip and the torso and everything to move our way? And then from there, yes, let's strength train. You need strength training for at least, at least eight weeks. We got to be able to fit that into like a, so a pro guy's off season, potentially even more than that. But if we only have so much time, you're going to need strength training. And then eventually we're going to have to start doing all those jumpings with you. We're going to have to start doing the landings. We're going to have to start doing the variation and bounding and sprinting and stopping on a dime because although in the game, that's what you're going to be doing. We have to be able to expose your body to it in training to make sure that your body trusts that it can stop, that it can jump, that it can run. So all that stuff, yes, but at the basis of all that, again, is the internal and the structure. And so on a daily basis, like best believe, like you have your, our daily cars, which is like what we learned from FRC, right? You have your daily those, joint bro. mobility. It doesn't matter. Love them. You need them. It doesn't matter like who you are, what you do. That is like your daily check-in to just make sure that everything is talking to each other. And we're at at least our baseline every day to get better right? Like if we don't move our joints through full ranges of motion, right? And we don't have that communication between our brain and our physical body on and going, mm -hmm. then like we're not in a good state to train, right? Um, so that's, that's kind of like what it would look like, look like for, for like an NBA guy or some, a basketball guy. I would throw in obviously, you know, at different times of the year, right? We're going to have a certain uh, uh, switching with like yoga days and track days. Right. So at certain times of the year, we're going to do maybe a little bit more yoga and then on those other times as we get closer to the season. We're still doing all of our joint mobility, but we're going to start exposing ourselves to more like you know, high power outputs that when you get to your season, everything feels like it can move and it can and it can actually work. Right. And structurally, your tendons and your ligaments and your soft tissue, everything is, is super durable. Right. If you want to mm. put it that way. Mm. Now, if it you look sounds at the other like person, before you get to the other right. person. Guys, yeah. Christian works with professional NBA guys. He works with professional MLB guys. He worked with me with professional NFL guys. You were the dude that took care of all their durability stuff. It sounds like durability or your methodology behind mobility mm -hmm. is also maintenance. So in periods in which I'm focusing on other stuff, if I do the stuff that Christian and Natalie are sharing with me, I will maintain, if not improve, range of motion and flexibility just by doing those drills every day. 100%. 100%. The, the same drills that we start off with day one and is your, is your warm-up for day one is the, I swear, the same warm-up that we're doing the last day of the year. And it's the same routine that we would have done before every workout. And it's the same routine that I would have pushed people to do all my athletes have access now either on our app or on like an Excel sheet that I've created for them. They all have access to our warmups. So they know it any single day, even guys that are overseas right now, like they go through that same warmup and they use that same warmup and their body understands and knows how it's going to feel every single time we get done. And that was a great, that's a great way to contextualize it too. It's like, it's maintenance, even when we're not spending those extra recovery days, like the yoga days or the, or the pool, you know, uh, Barton Springs pool days. Like, even if we're not getting a lot of that in, we know that we can go to our daily warmup and that's always going to make them feel like prime potentiated and like ready to, to, to take on their practices or their rest of the day, you know? That's awesome, brother. That is so good. I didn't want to interrupt yeah. you. I just wanted to 
contextualize it. So hit me with the nine to fiver, right? This is a completely different context. And I love that you and Nat do that with everything y'all talk about is context matters. So now let's, let's transition. Like if I'm just an executive or somebody who sits the majority of my day, what is my mobility routine or durability routine look like? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I think, you know, it's important to really understand that you know, let's say it's a nine to five individual. And let's just say they're already pretty physically active. Let's just say they're already going to a CrossFit gym. And there's nothing wrong with CrossFit. I'm, I'm just using CrossFit. Like, they're going to a CrossFit gym. I think you just threw a shot. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 sub- <laughs> I subliminally did. But I said I didn't. So, like, technically, I don't know if that counts. I don't know. You, you just made it awkward, <laughs> but whatever. I know. I, know. I was going to say something else. And then I just, oh, uh, yeah. But it's Sunday. I don't know. I'm I'm working slow. Oh, I love it, man. Um, <laughs> um, so, but yeah, so let's say they're already going and working out five days a week, right? For and hitting the workout of the day when they go in, right? It's not that there's nothing there's nothing wrong with going into those workouts of the day, but at some point, right? We usually see people who are very physically active, but have never really had a practice of like down regulation. They haven't really taken like. Their recovery days are, you know, uh, don't do anything, right? So it's like, cool. I'm either hitting it hard at a workout that's at a thousand percent intensity, or I'm over here literally at like zero Netflix and chill all day. Again, nothing wrong with Netflixing and chilling. I do that almost every Sunday. So I understand how that goes. But there's got to be the extremes are like, I think, where people tend to see a lot of those discrepancies come up. And a lot of those areas that they kind of fall short in, right? And so if you know that you're not a professional athlete, right? There's a couple of different routes. One, do all the workouts need to be at a thousand percent, right? Or can we undulate, which you talk about a lot, can we undulate the intensity of our workouts and the purposes of our workout? Right. Oh, yeah. I think that's that's one route people can go, right? Or Absolutely. okay, cool, let's let's keep you know, you want to, you love working out at a thousand percent because it's your way to just de-stress after a long day. Cool. Let's do that. But can we maybe start to work in a mobility warm-up and can we do some box breathing at the end of each one of your workouts? And then maybe like after a couple months, once they start to get that down, well then, Hey, during your box breathing, can you maybe hold a pigeon stretch? And then before you know it, they're stretching before every workout, right? They're, they're stretching after each workout. They're doing a breathing decompression after each workout. And then maybe after that, hey, can we maybe now designate Saturday to be your yoga day where mm-hmm. maybe you just kind of go into your room at your own time that you feel like is the best time for you? And can you put on a 20-minute follow-along and hit a yoga flow followed by some box breathing, right? Mm-hmm. And then on Sunday, like, you know, can you maybe go outside and take a 20 minute walk at some point in your day, even if it's five minutes, four times throughout your day, can you just spend 20 minutes walking outside today? Yeah. Right. And so I think, I think understanding that, okay, you know, what does stress look like in individuals life, professional basketball player or everyday nine to five person, what are Mm -hmm. the stresses of their daily life? What are they expected to do on a daily basis? So how can we make sure that whatever we give them at least gets them to do what they got to be able to do every single day and then kind of build almost like a protective. I think that's kind of like a little bit of like what durability kind of means to me too. Like I see a picture of like this protective cushion around like the baseline of what you got to do. So it's like this space in between here is like your wiggle room space. That's the amount of space where like 
shit's gonna go haywire. You get a ticket, you, uh, I don't know, your your Instagram account just deletes on you, like your email list just goes blonkers. You don't know where it's at. It just, like all those things that happen kind of push like our baseline of stress like outward. And depending upon how much wiggle room we have, it's gonna dictate like, okay, we just took a couple shots, but like, we're gonna get back up and we're fine. It was one day, I had a bad couple hours, but I'm cool. Tomorrow I'm hitting it hard. Or is it like, damn, I'm going to let this affect me for the next week and a half. And it, it's going to put me in a fuck. It's going to like throw me into a fucking pit. And I got, I'm going to need about a month to get out of this. Yeah. Right. That is like what the durability is. Right. And that can be physically, mentally, you know, emotionally, spiritually, all those different contexts, all those different pillars of our life. Yeah. Can be said to that same thing. Do we have that wiggle room? through our daily lifestyle because of what our daily lifestyle was, that is what our day, our daily lifestyle gives us is that wiggle room, our consistency with the daily routines, even on the days that we're feeling great, we're doing it because we're doing it to create that wiggle room for when shit does go haywire. We know how to bring us back to our baseline and we know how to get back to where we are and like what our purpose is. Yeah, man, that's, that's a really good way to put it. I've actually really honestly never heard it explained that way, but it, it sounds like, you know, there is a threshold of some sort for people right. in the other 23 hours in which if they exceed that threshold, there's going to have to be strategies and tactics in place to, right. to cater to that. You know what I mean? And I, I want to hear you talk a little bit about this, this you mentioned box breathing in there you mentioned mm -hmm. a mobility you mentioned yoga as well i don't think a lot of people know the difference between yoga and mobility what is so like a mobility routine before we work out is this the stuff that you and nat post on y'all's channels with the joints being taken through uh the full extent of their ranges of motion is that what you're referring to right yeah yeah exactly and okay I think, I think there's different different strokes for different folks like some people Ooh. who want just individual movements right maybe some people like you said the yoga deal maybe some people have a background that and so they want something that's like a little bit more dynamic it isn't mm -hmm. one movement and then one movement and then one movement um but yes yes for the most part doing like those videos that we post on our social media and the little swipe through and you have two or three movements to look at for each individual joint like yes that is kind of like what our warm-up and what our mobility would look like is really again not just the the moving through full ranges but it's making sure that we're putting the tension between zero and 100 percent that we're ramping up tension throughout our body and so that can ramp us up for our workout or for the rest of, the, of, of our day or whatever it is that we're about to get into i love it man I love it. Thanks for elaborating on that. And I, I want people to go to y'all's channels and follow y'all. Like on Instagram, you guys post a ton of stuff that I use very frequently. So you guys go do that. But let me hear from you on this concept of mobility. Let's stay here if you're cool with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. In regards to somebody who has no pain, okay, like mm -hmm. me, I'm, I've finally gotten to the point where I don't have chronic pain in any of my joints. I still don't really move that well at certain joints. I don't know if it's like because I'm muscle bound, right? And maybe, right. you know, with my shoulders specifically, it's getting harder to get overhead just because there might be soft tissue work that needs to be done, or maybe the muscles actually blocking proper shoulder flexion. I don't know. 
what it's all context. Okay. But mm -hmm. what would you say to somebody who doesn't really have chronic pain for their mobility routine is the durability that you and Natalie preach? Is it applicable to just simply do that a few times a week? Maybe not in every warm up, maybe just a few times a week sprinkled in, like you mentioned before, mm -hmm. or after a workout um, on Sundays, like you mentioned, do some yoga in order to maintain where I am right now. I think a lot of the industry doesn't talk about maintenance of anything, right? Maintenance of muscle mass, maintenance of your fat mass, maintenance of mm -hmm. your flexibility, maintenance of mobility. What's your philosophy on like maintaining ranges of motions? Yeah, definitely. That's a great question. I think one way you start talking about maintenance, right? One way that we can start to, you know, like yourself, someone who is not in pain, somebody who feels like they're, you know, they're doing their due diligence and trying to do some mobility on a daily basis, pre-workout, right? Let's just say at least pre-workout, right? Mm -hmm. um, is like really trying to adapt or sorry, adapt, evolve the way that you're training, right? So how we train as well, I don't know if many people ever think about this in this context, but, you know, taking the cycle, right? Or even just taking a week within your cycle that you're going through and maybe just clearing some lighter weight, but bigger ranges of motion. So maybe you're somebody who goes, who's been going through, you know, a partial range of the motion on their squat, but obviously pushing some big heavy weight. Cool. There is a very specific reason why people would want to be doing that and reaching a specific goal. But what if we maybe take one week, right, or one workout or two workouts or however long we want to, and it's almost an experiment, right? Like how, how often do I need to throw this in to just kind of make me feel like my body is at a good baseline? Why don't we start to make our, our some of our workouts kind of expanses in the ranges of motion that we're working in and maybe relatively lighter in load just because of the novel ranges, right? Just because of, you know, we don't want to shock our system and try to keep up with the head, you know, big, big weights that we use on, you know, something that's maybe more partial range. So for example, um, I think one of the best ways to do it is for me personally, I think this is like where I'm at right now is like, okay, I'm busy just like you are, right? Me and Nat stay busy throughout our day. Sometimes we don't have that extra 30 minutes before a workout to warm up or the extra 30 minutes after a workout to be able to decompress. Shit happens sometimes. You got to jump on a call. You, you got to get across town at a certain time or it, you know, whatever it may be, life happens type of deal. And so I think a, a what a really important thing to do is as quality control is to put those like bigger ranges of motion in the auxiliaries of your workouts, right? If you need to, if you don't have the time for it, or also just making certain workouts, just no weight and going, picking like three different movements and just going and working big ranges of motion. You know, oh, yeah. um, I know it's kind of like a, ger a general statement, right? Um, but I think there's a lot of different ways you can do that. I mean, for some people, maybe it's, hey, I don't want to change my workouts. Maybe it is, hey, for my warm ups, I just want to be able to give me, you know, 10 movements that I'll do on a daily basis. Like, it doesn't matter what, if it's upper body, lower body, whatever, I'm going to do these 10 movements every single day before every single workout that I do. I would, you really can kind of consider that the most important part is just consistency, right? The way like our soft tissue, the way our, our, our fascia and our joints and our ligaments and tendons respond is to like doses, consistent doses over length, lengthier periods of time. You would probably be able to give a, a, a better uh, projection of time than I would, but I feel like tendons, and like fascia and soft tissue is almost like six months upwards of like six months sometimes to be able yeah. to adapt to like right am i right i know it's put it this way our soft tissue the way our soft tissue responds 
to you know as opposed to like a, a like a like a fascia or a tendon or like a ligament compared to a muscle is very different right sure. like the way uh, how 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 quickly a muscle can adapt is very different than how a joint or how uh, the the soft connective tissue could uh, develop or sure. adapt so i just think really the biggest thing with that is just consistency you know and again like you said it just all depends on the individual where are they looking to put this into their daily schedule where do they want to put it where are they willing to take the time and how do they feel like adherence to this aspect or this mobility practice will be able to stay for as long as it can in their routine i love that man and i love it because you're avoiding any like dogmatic approach to (laughs) one size fits all like so many brands in the industry try and do because it's effective for marketing right it's easy for me to throw rocks at what you're doing and position myself as the expert that's just an easy way to market but you and Nat kind of avoid that. And I think you guys have built like a true tribe of people that are 100% bought into you two uh, as individuals, not even as the brand, right? You guys are like the attractive characters for that brand. And I love how you all embody that. That's why I wanted to have you guys as some of the first guests I've ever had on my show. Um, I had Dr. Vince on here for one episode because we did a special offer for an audience of mine. Um, but that was why we did that, right? You and Natalie are the first ones on here outside of that group because I love that you guys aren't just like, hey, this is the way it is, right? It's not, right. nothing is like right. that. If you understand the human body, you know that we really don't know anything at all. And I can't tell you how long it's gonna take your tissues to adapt to like flexibility or mo- mobility adaptations. I. I personally don't know. I know that a lot of the literature says it takes like upwards of six to 12 months, which sounds like a really long time for somebody to get results. And it's not sexy, right? Like that's not sexy at all, bro. We live in a microwave culture. People wanted that yesterday, not six months from now. So how do you keep people bought in? I mean, I'll ask you that, like doing a mobility routine. I told Nat this dude, I don't enjoy that. Like personally, I really don't like doing that stuff. I hate stretching. I actually get so parasympathetic when I stretch that it actually irritates me. This is really weird. That's how sympathetic I am on a daily basis though. So like, how do you get people like me? I'm bought in now, but like, what's your method in order to influence these people? Like, Hey, you need to do this. Yeah. I think kind of finding, I know it may sound funny, but like, uh, like finding like their, their weak point, right? Like, why is it that you even came to me in the first place? Right. And so for a lot of people, right, they were in pain and they were tired of not being able to do X, Y, and Z. And so I think it's just always kind of bringing it and tying that back. Right. I think that's a, another big piece that coaches another hat that we wear, right. is like cheerleaders. Right. But also reminding them that, Hey, this is where you started. Remember, this is where you came. This is where you were at when you came to me. This is where you're at right now. It might not feel like you're anywhere. It might feel like you're one step out of the gate and it's been six to eight months. Right. But, you know, reminding them, hey, you know, aren't you sleeping better? Or, hey, isn't, aren't your lifts getting a little bit easier? Or, hey, you know, d- didn't you say that the last blood report, blood test that you ran was, you know, showing a, a better state? It's like trying to remind them of their wins, trying to remind them of those small things that they have gone through up until this point. And then reminding them that, hey, like, it's just consistency. And, that, and that's something that me and Nat really established in the very start of our relationships with these people is being super blunt because we understand that we're not for everybody. Like you said, this is not for everybody. 
So if we can at least get them to buy in on day one, and be like, yep, I'm down. Fucking count me in. I'm consistent. I'm going to be there. I'm, I'm the dog. And they're kind of getting into those phases of like, uh, I don't, I don't really know. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm just like kind of like getting into like that down, Debbie Downer mode, which I will say has happened a lot lately, especially with COVID. I think that's just bigger than what we're doing with them. I think it's just other stuff that's going on in their lives as well. Like, I think it's just consistently reminding them again, like why you came here, what your goal is, and we are getting there. We just got to stay in it. We talked about it day one. We're at day 60 and like, let's not drop the ball now. Especially with pain, man. Like you guys signed up to help people as something that is a very, very chaotic industry. When you talk about the healthcare industry, people, when they get hurt, where do they go? Like, they go probably to their primary care physician, right? Which yeah. I don't know if I told, I think I said, I told Natalie on the last podcast, dude, I was like, doctors are awful. I said that on recording. <laughs> um, I should probably take that back. There's not like, there's a lot of good doctors, but like, I don't know right. if you've had this experience, man, but anytime I had like a soft tissue injury and I went to a traditional doctor, like I got no value from that. And yeah. To have those conversations with them, they would just recommend that I go to the PT clinic to start doing rehab, right? So I would go to the PT clinic and I think you have to, you have to have a referral to do that. So I understand why it is set up that way um, and insurance and stuff gets involved, but you know, it never really fixed me, right? I would end up doing some, they didn't understand where I was. I was a very, uh, you and I are abnormal. We train a lot, right? We've been training for years consistently they are used to seeing patients that are probably able to be progressed by doing those baby ass drills, to be honest. Those drills yeah. don't do shit for somebody like me, right? Like right. I do those already. Yeah. I need like right. progression, right? So by going yeah. to a PT, I'm actually regressing if they are not familiar with what my training history is. Right. You and Natalie are in that space. So the next question I wanted to share with you, I just talked a lot of noise about how the healthcare industry is set up where do you guys fit in to that uh, kind of pile, that mess, as I would call it? If somebody's in pain, yeah. can they go to you guys instead of going? I know we shouldn't say instead of going to a doctor. Right, go right, to your doctor. Right, right. We're not. Okay. We didn't do what the doctors did. They're medically certified. But people can come to you guys and, in my opinion, get alleviated from pain without using pills or any of the other trash tactics that they use, uh, in my opinion. What's your perspective yeah. on that? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I would agree in the sense that there have been plenty of people and this dates back all the way until like, like upwards of like my first year at on it. And to this day, when we get people, you know, last straw, right. Hey, I've gone to PTs, I've gone to a doctor, they're saying surgery, right. Or, or whatever the heck it may be. Hey, um, uh, what's like another good one, for example, like, Hey, I'm not, you know, I've been to uh, PTs they told me I just got to go get stronger. I've gone to other, you know, personal trainers. It's helped me for a little bit, but something just like, isn't right. And so, yeah, where, like where we kind of fit within all that is, I mean, we work with clients, you know, going into surgery, for example, Liz Brett, I know you remember Liz, she was a client of mine at on it. Like she was going yeah. in to get a complete hip, uh, a hip replacement. So we worked for like the first five months pre hip replacement. And that was like, apparently after, you know, when she got her surgery done and they had a, oh no, sorry, scope pre-surgery and post-surgery, they had mentioned that all of her work prior to that, to the uh, uh, surgery 
was like the most beneficial thing she could have ever done for her hip, that her hip bone actually looked more like health, like I had a better hip hygiene or joint hygiene because of just all the scar tissue. The difference in like that five month period was nuts. Like doctors like were like, whoa, like you should have been doing this from like a long time. You probably wouldn't even need a hip replacement. And mm-hmm. so like just to hear things like that is just so interesting, especially coming from people who are administering these type of deals, right? But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess for us, it's just really trying to figure out one, not trying to step on toes. That's very important, right? We get a yeah. lot of referrals from PTs and doctors. So like, I don't ever, we don't ever really want to step on toes, but we also know and very confident in like what we can do and like where our limitations are, right? Yeah, yeah. The thing that we can get people to feel with just like a foam roller and some breathing are probably 10 times better than what people are feeling off a pain pill and off of, you know, whatever therapy that they're having to go through, right. And whatever thing that they're probably having to deal with. Yeah. Um, and then, and then even to like the other same might like surgery sometimes can, is the only way to fix certain things hundred percent. And some of that yeah. stuff is way over my head because we're not clinicians and we're not doctors, but yeah. at the same time I can see somebody and be like, wow, like, you can't move your hip whatsoever. You have absolutely no clue what you're doing. There's a lot of low hanging fruit here. And I mean, I have, I have a couple of clients that have a, uh, their, their, was it, forgot, L4, L5? Yeah, yeah. L4, L5, like seized, where they are, the joint, or what do they call it? There's a certain, there's a certain name for it. But basically the joint spaces, I completely seized up together because yeah. he was having terrible back pain. Yes. And I think it was just because he never, never had to move his pelvis, you know, the little pelvic gyrations that me and Natalie do that people think are super, super funny. Like, no, there's like actually some merit to that. Like our joints and our lower back does not get a lot of blood flow. So like we got to be able to move those certain joint spaces and that goes for everything in our whole body. So uh, I'm sorry, I brought brought up that example is because he's had his back fused. No one's ever had him do these movements and now he's feeling 10 times better. He's like, wow, my body doesn't feel these aches and these aches and pains in all these different places like it used to. Yeah. So like, you know, it's kind of like f man. Like, maybe all these people didn't have to go through these unfortunate situations, and maybe if all they did was just get ahead of the curve and just start to instill some of these movements into their daily routine, that could have been the best maintenance for them, right? Even if they started when they were thirty, and you can build for that for twenty years. I mean, man, that's that's going to be doing wonders for your body, you know? I'm with but that, I guess the, in a roundabout way to answer your question, I think we're kind of like everywhere and in between, yeah, right? Like, obviously, we're not clinicians, right? Like, we can grab people after surgery. We can grab people pre-surgery. We can grab people and, you know, a professional athletes and get them ready to go out and play, during, you know, for a competitive season. Like, I think we just are trying to learn the principles of everything that we're trying to administer and trying to do it at the best way we can going off of where the client is and where they want to go. Always understanding where they at, where they want to go and how, and how much time obviously do we have to get that done? I love it, man. And I think that's where you guys are too. And I, I definitely like, I've tried to refer people you guys' way who are dealing with uh, specific issues related to soft tissue or anything in that realm. I think one of the, I think I could kind of back up and correct myself. I love doctors. I I love the medical community. Um, I just, when I was at UT, like I was working on a cadaver in the Dell Medical School with some uh, MDs, um, people who were like a year out from finishing their residency and becoming real doctors, surgeons. Mm -hmm. 
and we were working on the bodies. And I remember making a comment about like the lat insertion um, on the humerus or something like that. And one of them was just kind of like, whoa, like one of the medical doctors was like, why does this one look different than that one? And like, I just simply pointed out that like it was, you know, a, a larger male who had muscular hypertrophy, a significant amount and uh, an older woman, right? The two different bodies. And they were like, wait, like the tendon grows in conjunction with the muscle. And I was just kind of like, man, like you're about to go like, y'all don't know anything about mus the musculoskeletal system. Y'all know zero. And I don't think that a lot of the general population understands that when they go to their general practitioner, when they go to their primary care, whatever, they're not getting educated on nutrition and they're not getting educated correctly on taking care of the musculoskeletal system, which is where you yeah. and I are experts in, right? That's where the strength and conditioning right. community, that's where the corrective exercise specialist, that's where the fascial stretch therapist, that's where we live in that realm, mm -hmm. right? Those tissues, right. Right. we deal with tendons, we deal with muscles, we deal with fascia. Anything outside of that is outside of our practice, right? Like we don't deal with ligaments, yeah. we can't fix right. those. We can't right. fix uh, joint integrity issues, right? We can't go in with a scaffold and fix that stuff. We can only use movement to correct uh, tendons, to correct soft tissue. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's kind of yeah. how I yeah. look at it. Yeah. So I wanted to back up and not sound like a total uh, know-it-all or anything like that. Like, I definitely yeah. don't know everything. I just don't like when people get discouraged after they visit their primary care physician and feel like there's no hope. I want people to know that they can go to the Durable Athlete brand and get help like really good help. Um, so I appreciate that, man. I wanted to wrap up here. Um, I don't want to take a lot more of your time. I wanted to hear about what you and Natalie are, are, are doing right now. Over the past few years, I've seen you guys literally grind it out. Like y'all post so much content, so much value. And you guys, I feel like have just reached the point of critical mass where you guys' brand is about to take that huge jump. And I'm really excited to see it. But y'all just launched something. And I'm going to talk about it briefly. Y'all yeah. launched an app. And Natalie and I talked about it a little bit. She gave um, a lot of insight into like the lifestyle and nutritional stuff that's on there. But what is the stuff we talked about today? Why do they need to go check out that app in terms of mobility and movement? Yeah, totally. So first of all, thank you very much for the compliments. Love you, bro. Love you. Regardless, at the end of the day, I'm super excited that we were able to start our whole journey together at Onnit. And we are where we are now. And it's funny because you talk about us grinding it out. I mean, you're no different, bro. It takes one to know one, right? Like it takes one, it takes a grinder to know when someone's in the grinder as well. So you're, Appreciate you're, that. I mean, you're on the same wavelength that we are at brother. You um, fix my ankles, but, dude. I'll always love you. <laughs> I appreciate you, bro. Well, it's been your consistency that's gotten you through that. It's just, it was maybe me just pushing you in the direction of a couple movements, but it's your consistency that drives that. 100%. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, we basically have come to the spot of like, okay, there's all these things and all these, like we've talked about today, all these things that we can do for people, sleep, their, their, their breathing, their nutrition, their movement. There's all these things that we can do and we want to help them with everything. But of course, business would say, no, pick one thing and be really good at that and try to you know provide as much value as you can in that one thing. And so me and Matt really sat down uh, about a year and a half ago and we're like, okay, mobility and movement. That is probably like one of the biggest things that people are coming to us about with questions. Um, they like the content and whatever it may be, right? So how can we create something that is unique to us? So it's stuff that we're already doing. It's things that we feel comfortable teaching. 
It's, it's things that we are doing for ourselves and our clients. And how can we put that out to people that we do not get to serve because they don't live in Austin, Texas, or maybe they just can't afford like our one-on-one -on -one session rate, right? And so it's very simple. We're like, okay, well, what do we do on a daily basis that feels the most authentic and true that we can pass to them? Well, we have a daily workout. I mean, we try to work out every day and sometimes it's a flow. Sometimes it's heavy lifting. Sometimes it's swimming, it's running, whatever it may be. But then we also have a daily mobility routine. And that is, I guess, a, a big part of what we've been talking about today, right? It's not about doing the best movement in the world. It's not about finding the best five hit drills you can do, right? But it's about doing whatever five drills that you are doing on a daily basis, yeah, day yeah. in and day out. Yeah. So, okay, cool. So if I gave you a list of five movements and I had to do it for 365 days in a row, that could get potentially boring for somebody who never, who has never done anything mobility. You're just starting out, right? So we have basically gone in and every single day for the year, we have built out like a daily mobility routine and then a daily workout routine, right? Wow. And so what we did is we put all that within the app to where it literally like today is, what is it, 21st today? 22nd. Sunday, November 22nd, on our app, that's one of the first things you see, you click on it and you see that we have a full body or an upper body or a lower body focus routine for you that day. The videos are on there. We teach you and explain to you how we want to do each movement. They're not five minutes long. We try to keep each video at about a minute. Luckily, we talk about these things a lot. So it's kind of just clockwork for us when we're doing instructionals. And yeah, man, that's, that is like the cream of the crop within the app. That is like one of the like MVP, the most viable product we want to get out to people. Right. And so we have all that, but then we also have things like follow along. So maybe you're like, yo, I just want to do like a yoga flow. We have like a flow section on there. Hey, I, I just want to do maybe something that's like a little bit more like workout intensive, like an active recovery workout, something that kind of makes me feel like I got a workout in as well. We have a complete section for that as well, right? And everything is rooted in full ranges of motion. Everything is rooted in, okay, yeah, let's do the sumo squat, but we want you to do the sumo squat our way. And we're going to make you work in ranges that are probably very uncomfortable. And we want you to do work, uh, you know, uh, push-ups in the workout, but we want you to do them in our context with our intention, with our, you know, two cents in each one of it and each one of the movements. And I think that is what will distinguish us between whatever else is out there that has to do with mobility and workout yeah. is it the attention to detail because intention and consistency drives adaptation. You know that better than anybody Ooh. else. Repeat that one yeah. more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did I even say right there? Intention and consistency drives adaptation. Dang, dude. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I, I actually haven't heard it said that way before, but that's amazing. Um, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> okay so that app dude <laughs> yeah. first of all everybody needs to go do it and i'm going to give you my reason why i don't know of anybody else out there there's a lot of there's a lot of mobility gurus right don't get me wrong i don't know anybody else out there who has taken all of that information which is just super confusing even for somebody like me and organized it into a daily action plan so everybody needs to go get that app for that reason alone but also you guys explaining that in a minute or less, dude, I couldn't have, I couldn't have learned the stuff that I started applying for my ankles to help them out. If I didn't know you and I wasn't in the gym, like, or I didn't follow you on Instagram. That's some complex stuff. Like this is new yeah. world, modern science stuff. 
And you and Natalie are pioneering that. So in order for people to actually learn these new methodologies, they have to go follow you guys. They have to download the app. Like if they do it any other way, they're just going to spend six years trying to learn it all like I did. Right. Yeah, so I'm really, really super appreciative that you guys have put that out because that's going to blow up and it's going to help a ton of people. I know it will. Yeah. Um, who agree. who agree. the best? Like if there was one person you could describe, uh, is there, is this the person that's dealing with chronic pain? Is this a person who wants to move better? How would you describe it? So I would say, obviously just the two examples. Yes. And yes, 100%. I guess it, it's tough, right? Like our demographic of people who are following us and asking us questions, I feel like are really between two different categories They're between people who are already fitness enthusiasts, right? So they're already going to the gym or they already have a routine or they have a program that they're already following. And it's just kind of looking, looking right to deepen their understanding of yeah. like, fuck, why does this thing keep being achy? People tell me I need to stretch more. Someone tells me that, I, you know, my ankle mobility is kind of, you know, is off. That is like the type of people we want. We want like people who are just kind of, where do we start? Yes. Right? And like you said, do you want to start at, you know, everyone starts at level one, ground one, but do you want to start in a, in a process where maybe you're uh, drive, diving down the rabbit hole with a bunch of different concepts and techniques that might take you a while for you to finally grasp something that you can do uh, on a daily basis? Or do you want to just get to something that is going to be like, you know, just tell me what to do. Tell me how to do it. And yeah. just make sure that it's going to benefit me. Make sure that it, I don't need to come back to the app and be like, no, none of this stuff worked. I didn't understand any of this. Luckily yeah. we have not gotten any feedback yet like that. So I would say that that's one, one category. And then I think the next category is someone who's just kind of like, yo, I've wanted to get into fitness. You know, I, I, if I do get into fitness, I just want to make sure it's more for like my health, right? Somebody who's just concerned with their health. Like I'm not doing this to be the biggest, baddest person in the room. I'm just doing this for the, for the benefits of what exercise can do for my mind and my body. Yeah. And I think that's like where uh, like the, the two kind of different types of people are. I think the outliers are like the athletes and like some of the middle school and high school athletes that I'm able to kind of serve on, on social media. But I would say that those two are like our main audiences right there. Yeah, I would agree too from an outside looking in at y'all's brand. And we get, we'll talk about that after this, this recording as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's, you nailed it, man. And you guys are going to be able to help those two audiences so much. And I just really hope people take action in downloading the app. I know that in order to do it, they need to go to y'all's website. That's how you guys yeah. can um, organize that journey the best. So uh, mm -hmm. I hope people go to durableathlete.com. The app is on y'all's homepage already. Uh, it's beautiful. I've checked it out and I'm really proud of you guys. So uh, Christian, man. Uh, I love you. Thank you so much for sharing some time with me on the 23 hours podcast. I'm really excited for people to hear uh, some of the really complex topics that you, uh, you kind of just dumbed down today, man. I've always respected you for that. Like you're really, really good at taking just an industry in terms of mobility, flexibility, and movement. That's really confusing for a lot of people and dumbing it down. I've seen you do it at certifications. I've seen you do it with your clients. I've seen you do it in classes. So I respect you for that, man. You're incredible at that. So thank you so much, man. Hell yeah, bro. I appreciate that, man. You know, you know, I feel just as strongly about you, both myself and Natalie. So thank you, bro. I wouldn't, I wouldn't jump on any chumps podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to have some respect for my guy. I know it, man. And I appreciate you so much. So uh, guys, go durableathlete.com, check it out. And then go follow Christian 
on uh, Instagram, right? That's where you want to send these yeah. people at Christian yeah. Placencia. And I'm going to have that link in the description of the bio. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tyler. Appreciate you. Man. I appreciate you, man. So there you guys have it. Thanks for listening in. Uh, exclusive interview with Christian Placencia, the co-founder of the Durable Athlete brand. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to go follow Natalie and Christian on social media. And guys, please go check out their app. I'm serious. DurableAthlete.com. The uh, link will be in the description of this podcast. But they're really changing the game and providing a ton of value uh, for people to have a durable lifestyle, right? To have longevity, to have uh, that that fitness journey that we're all chasing and that optimal health, they're going to be a huge part of that. So hope you guys enjoyed listening to today's episode. Do me a huge favor and uh, share this with somebody you know who needs to clear up their mindset when it comes to flexibility, mobility, or just movement in general. Um, I think Natalie and Christian do a phenomenal job of of putting it in the health perspective and helping you guys understand the main reasons why you need to stay active and use that one hour of physical activity a day to fuel and be a catalyst for the other 23 hours of your life. Thanks so much.